This is CliffCentral.com. 360biz on CliffCentral.com. It is 360biz.com. My name is Deborah Mafori. Welcome to another exciting installment of 360biz. It is indeed a beautiful Wednesday. You know, the minute you hear our voice, you know that you're not in any other place, but you are right here at Cliff Central with myself and my boy, Bulalani. How are you, Fana? <laughs> no, man, I'm good. You know, it's a Wednesday. I mean, entrepreneurship every single day. Um, I got, I got, I think I got, I got, I think I got an hour nap and I was woken up by the landlord because the music in my car was loud. Okay. Yeah, that scared me a bit, but you know, it's a beautiful thing because it's a lot of sleepless nights. So now, what, what did the landlord was complaining about music? Yeah, the sound. I mean, because, because I think they're shooting upstairs. So the sound and stuff like that. But I mean, it was serenading me and soothing me, thinking about all the different things that we're working on, you know? <laughs> and it's month end. You know, to an entrepreneur, month yes. end is, yeah. Yeah, no. Otherwise, how's your day, man? No, no, no. My day has been good. Um, you know, it is um definitely we're not business all the way. Um, I'm from sites. Um, and I think you know what? It's thing. Things are looking up, man. You know, I can't wait until obviously we get to that point when we have that show. You know, that show. <laughs> when we're gonna be talking about uh, some of those things. But I'm excited that you know, um, alone. Um, that you know today in so we've got somebody who's very busy. Uh, we've been having her on the line, uh, but today we've got an opportunity of having her um, in studio. Um, but I'll get an opportunity to introduce my guest um, later on the show. Township economy, I mean, refers uh, to enterprising and market-based um, in the township. I mean, these enterprises operated by township entrepreneurs to meet primarily the needs of township communities and therefore uh, can be understood as township entrepreneurs uh, to enterprises distinguished from those operated by entrepreneurs outside the township. Uh, Bulelan, do you regard yourself a township entrepreneur? No, 100% township entrepreneur, man. Why, what do you mean? No, township entrepreneur. I think, I think for me, number one, um, but by genetics, I mean, the genetics of my business, by positioning, I mean, mm-hmm. we're still there. 11 years later, we are still there. I mean, although I always make it clear to clients that 96% of our business doesn't even come from the township. Okay. But I mean, for me, we are there as a statement, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, my clear statement is 40, 50 years ago, Santon was just a bush. Today's regarded as the richest square mile in Africa. So I'm building my own square mile. And it comes <laughs> with its own challenges, Edit. you know? I mean, mm. service delivery from an internet perspective and from a courier company perspective mm-hmm. is very slow because you are secluded in a sense. Because I mean, ideally in the township, the notion or rather the mindset is that the only thing you'll find there is another Salon, which is a bit messed up, or mm-hmm. another spaza shop or a place or whatever. So, okay. the idea of formalized business mm-hmm. in the township, the, the idea of formalized business in the township is not something that a lot of people look to put together and some people even undermine. Okay. So, I think that my thing, I, I kind of consider myself as. Um, the Steve Biko of Township Entrepreneurship. Listen in, in to the you. Sense that I believe in advocating <laughs> yeah. for the particular market and creating businesses and ideas mm. that, that, that are unconventional. So same business, but done in an unconventional manner in the township and bringing billions so that we can be not just inclusive township economy on, players, Steve Biko. but we need to be the ones that pioneer the township economy. Yeah. I mean, speaking of that, Bulalani, I mean, according to the Gauteng Township I mean, Economy uh, Revitalization Strategy for 2014 to 2019, I mean, government's vision is of vibrant and sustainable township. I mean, enterprise as part of building an inclusive labor uh, absorbing and growing economy. I know definitely it's one of the things that you're doing. It's one of the yeah. things definitely that um, I'm doing. Hence, obviously, we've got graduates as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, that we've taken um, from the township. I know that various stakeholders as well in the entrepreneurship ecosystem, including investors, small businesses, uh, small business development agencies, and provincial um, and government need to work together in order to help develop township-based businesses and entrepreneurs. I mean, earlier this year, uh, Standard Bank sponsored the Gauteng Township uh, Economy Business Week um, 2017 and funding convention which was hosted by the South African Black Entrepreneurs Forum in association with the Department of Small Business. I mean, the four-day convention addressed the issues of access uh, to funding and enterprise development opportunities for township entrepreneurs in Gauteng, especially in disadvantaged areas. The outcomes of the event looked at the special township business development program within a funding and mentorship convention as well as township business showcase. That's why today in studio uh, we've got a representative uh, from Standard Bank, Miss Jay 
um, Nide, who's the head uh, of CSI. You, oh, okay, you're not a head of CSI. What are you the head of? Uh, what, what are you the head of? Yes, right? Incubator. Oh, oh, the Standard Bank Incubator. Oh, okay. No, definitely. Um, sorry for that, Jeffrey. Uh, do you want to take this opportunity to say hi to our listeners? Tell us who you are and what is it that you do so that I don't misrepresent you. <laughs> hi, Tboho and Bulalani. Thanks so much for having me. So, um, I'm Jeffrey Naidu and I head up the Standard Bank Incubator Program. Okay. And you would have also heard me speaking about Phoenix. I'm the interim fee- CEO of Phoenix as well, which is a crowdfunding platform for students. Oh, is it? Oh, the new, the, I think we've, we've had it on the show, Bulalani. Um, yeah, the the crowdfunding initiative for students. That's absolutely right. Oh, okay. So you're the CEO, the interim CEO. Interim CEO. What does it mean? It means that I'll be the CEO until we find a CEO to take over. (laughs) (laughs) I love the breakdown. Yeah, no, definitely. I know. I mean, Joshua, me, me, and you have have been following um, each other even on social media for many years now. I think since 2010, you've always been in the um, you know entrepreneurship development space. Um, I mean, I we know that you've seen thousands and thousands uh, of us starting up, growing, and some of the businesses fall off um, the way. I mean, I think in in the in the many years that you've been involved with. What, what, which, which business had you said for you or which entrepreneur for you thought maybe stood out uh, in over the years? And what is the particular thing that stood out for you? Jeez, that's such a difficult question to ask someone. <laughs> with so many like kids me. and. I love working with all of the entrepreneurs we've engaged with. You know, mm-hmm. they've got such amazing stories. So, um, a couple of them stand out in my mind. Um, I'll share one of the entrepreneur story, and I think you've heard her story so many times before, but uh, it's that of Tato. Uh, she's the founder of uh, Rataka, where they make school bags out of recycled plastic packets. Oh, yes, yes. And uh, I've known Tato, I think, for close to five years. In mm-hmm. fact, the first time I came across Tato, um, she was in a workshop that I was running for the SAB Foundation Innovation Awards. Oh. And uh, she was one of the young ladies in the top 20. She didn't win that year, but her story stuck with me because of her tenacity and her drive and her ambition to to really succeed and just her pushiness. You know, entrepreneurs are hustlers. I've seen it. I've seen it in all of you. And uh, so she was that hustler. I remember one of the first events I did at Standard Bank was a Women in Innovation Conference. Okay. And we already had our speakers finalized. We had someone from Silicon Valley. We mm-hmm. had an innovation thought leader. Um, and I was going to speak. We just had three speaking slots. And then Tata called me about a week before that and said, Jesh, I see you've got a conference coming and I'd like to speak. <laughs> I said, uh, sorry, Tata, you can attend. But unfortunately... Speaking slots are taken. So she says, no, but I really need to speak. So I said, okay, you can have my slot. Um, and I'll do the emceeing for the event. And then I get to speak anyway. And uh, Tato blew the individuals away. In fact, on that day, she created some access to market opportunities yeah. for herself. I think I was on that event as well. Yeah, and she's been yeah. a hustler, you know, ever yeah. since. And uh, it's amazing. And we've watched her grow. We've watched her pivot her business. We've watched her take manufacturing to the next level. Mm-hmm. We've evolved with her as an entrepreneur. We've helped her to get to Davos. We've, uh, nice, you know, she's even nice, been on the cover nice. of Forbes Woman in Africa. No, that's and nice. she's always stayed part of the incubator family and in terms of just from a mentoring and growth perspective. But also she's been able to give back. So she's always willing to share her story, mm-hmm. um, help empower other entrepreneurs. Okay. And now we've gone full circle so we're now using Tato to help us with our next accelerator which is a youth accelerator she'll be the learning integrator and it's for youth that are in the manufacturing space Oh, so full circle mm-hmm. you know so she's one of those entrepreneurs that I think stands out but geez it's a difficult question I have so many favorites so is it? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. No, don't worry. We not we're not gonna hold you to say no. You've got you've got one that is favorite. We, we it's it's just one maybe that stood out for you, and obviously, um, it's important. But I think one of the things that we we overlooked as as entrepreneurs, what, what's the importance of standing out though? Um, because I've realized most of the time we start businesses, and uh, we all follow suit. Um, I I make an example. I mean, I started entrepreneurship in high school. Um, selling cakes and other people, the minute they started seeing that uh, that was working, all everyone started following in the same business. In such a way that the principal ended up now saying, "Stop! Uh, you guys can't be selling anymore." 
and others were saying even better things than that I was saying. But I mean, one had created the trend, and I've seen even in the township. I'm sure Bulelani as well. You uh, remember at some point you were saying that when you open up your internet cafe, many other internet cafes op- uh, followed as well. Yeah, there were about seven, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but what what is the importance of standing out as an entrepreneur, um, so that you become, um, up, you know, having advantage against the rest? So, entrepreneurs really need to stay away from being distracted and being distracted by glitz and glamour of what you think someone else is achieving. Mm. And that's a problem. You know, we had this as well when I was part of Junior Achievement South Africa, um, lip balm, sure, in school. So yeah. mm. because kids can make lip balm, then everybody wants to make lip balm. It's exactly true. to your point. Mm-hmm. And entrepreneurs need to know what is their unique value proposition? What's their unique mm. selling mm. point? What makes them stand out from the crowd? And then focus on following through with that because unfortunately entrepreneurs fall into the trap of, okay, I'll do this and then something else shiny comes along. Okay, let me do that. that yeah. And then something shiny comes along. Oh, I think I can make more money with that. Mm-hmm. So you never give yourself an opportunity to be known for what it is you're really good at mm. because building a brand is not just about building a brand around who you are, but also building a brand around what is it that you want to be known for. Mm. What is it that you are selling that's different from everybody else and why should they engage with you? You need to give yourself time to be known in that space and Mm. become a thought leader and set the trend. And that's what sets small businesses apart from entrepreneurs, right? There's a difference. Entrepreneurs build assets of value. You cannot build an asset of value until you give yourself the time to work on what that asset actually is. So don't be distracted by big shiny things that you see around the corner because it's not always about making money in the short term it's about building an asset that you can sell in the long term mm. so i mean uh, you, you come mentioning that i mean it was coming to my second point or my second question to say i mean what were some of the main issues um i mean that 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 were addressed uh, i mean earlier on i was reading that you guys sponsored um you know the event um, earlier this year for, for entrepreneurs and understand, I mean, there were some of the issues that were addressed that were hindering the success, um, of entrepreneurs. Um, what would you say that were some of the highlights or for you in terms of, um, the issues that were addressed that are hinders entrepreneurs on a day to day basis? So funding is always going to be a major hindrance for entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and access to funding. But what we find more importantly and unfortunately with a lot of these Events And even though we respond to these events, I'll say it. Um, you don't often hear from the actual entrepreneur. You hear from everyone that needs to support the entrepreneur. Everyone from a big corporate like a Standard Bank to the Department of Small Business to mm-hmm. ministers to executives like myself that stand up on the stage and we talk about what needs to be done and what we're doing. And very seldom do we actually hear from the entrepreneur. But from some of the feedback we've received in engaging with the entrepreneurs during the week, funding is major. Access to markets in terms of how do they get deals with big corporates and how do they create credibility to engage with supply chains of large corporates. Mm -hmm. And then also, how do we create the right opportunities for them to network with the relevant stakeholders to take their business to the next level Mm. and to engage with one another? So how do we create those forums for things like that to happen? Mm. So, so I mean, now I mean, in uh, on the G uh, GTB Week initiative, I mean, um, how did it um, help educate up upcoming uh, township entrepreneurs to develop their businesses? So it was a great practical practical session. So everything from financial literacy, mm-hmm. um, there was I think it's called Cash King or Cash someone. He spoke about why it's important to give yourself the right level of runway in terms of managing your cash flow. Know the difference between cash and profit. So very practical sessions Mm -hmm. in terms of skilling up these township entrepreneurs, but also the opportunity for them to showcase their products and services. Mm -hmm. So we had hundreds of entrepreneurs showcasing their products and services on the day. Entrepreneurs that we had an opportunity to engage with, sign them up with technologies that you don't normally find. So one Mm -hmm. of the nicest thing we were able to do was there was a young Kazi entrepreneur that was selling hot dogs and we managed to sign them up with SnapScan. 
on the day, straight away, allowing them to transact with mm. technology. Remembering, some of our township entrepreneurs are not even banked formally. Mm. But being able to create solutions and platforms like this and taking that digital uh, credibility and enabling them with digital puts them also into a different league in terms of who they start engaging with and how they can sell their products and services to individuals like you and I that might not be carrying cash on the day, That's true. but we can transact because now they have SnapScan. And then they saw how easy it is to actually do. Mm-hmm. So it's also education in terms of, I can do this. If someone else can, so can I. Mm. Very powerful. I think one of the things that pops up for me, just to track back a little bit, is you, 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 you mentioned something there and I think I've always been, you know, in, in my, in, in the different entrepreneurial sessions or rather, um, circles that we run in. According to you, your perspective, should entrepreneurs be building businesses to sell them or should they hold on to that thing up until it's 150, 180, a legacy type of business? What do you think? If you're holding on to your business, you're a small business or you're a business. That's the definition that sets entrepreneurs apart. Entrepreneurs build assets of value. You need to find value in your business so that someone will see that value and be able to take over by equity in your business or help you pivot to the next level. That's what changes um, the way we look at small businesses and entrepreneurs. And that's why very often, even in South Africa, we don't understand the difference between Mm. small businesses and entrepreneurs. So everyone now that's running a business is called an entrepreneur. Not everyone is an entrepreneur. So, I mean, I think think break it down for us. You said we don't know the difference between an entrepreneur and a small business. So maybe obviously there's somebody that is listening out there. Maybe they misrepresenting themselves or they... um, you know how even in 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 a C in a CK somebody would say I'm a director and I'm a member and things like that. Do you want to perhaps educate us in that? So, I grew up in a township myself. On the corner, there was a corner shop. My kids don't even know what a corner shop is, right? Yeah. But there was a corner <laughs> shop in a little van. Which, which township, Shafra? In Chatsworth. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I wasn't allowed in Tembisa then. I grew up many years ago, much older than you guys. So um, I grew up in Chatsworth. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there was this little corner shop. It was in a little van. So that's a small business. Mm. So the guy that ran it, um, Ashraf, he could never say, I'm an entrepreneur. He's a small business because his family ran it, family before that ran it, and he would have passed it on to his kids. Mm, That's mm, his business. It's mm. a small business. That's all he was interested in having, not interested in taking it to the next level or selling it or scaling it or making it bigger. Yeah. Now, when you start thinking about those things, you become an entrepreneur because you're thinking about building up your asset to a value that you can then get stakeholders involved in or scale up or pivot or take to the next level or sell. And that's the difference. For me, that's a simple way of just explaining what the difference is between a small business Mm -hmm. and an entrepreneur. So, so, so I mean, at which point as a, as an entrepreneur, do I sell? You know, is there such a thing as clear indicators or is it a gut feel? Because I've known of, I mean, different guys that have said, you know, I will, we were approached by Sony five, six years ago. Sony wanted to buy us. We declined. And two years later, everything just plummeted, you know. Mm. And you find guys that sold early and the company took equity and they grew, accelerated. Is there such a thing as clear indicators or is it just a hunch or a gut feel? No, it should never be a hunch or a gut feel. But it isn't easy, especially mm. when you're in the startup space or in the technology space. Mm-hmm. How do you value your business? And a lot of entrepreneurs either sell too early or they wait too long. They just miss the curve <laughs> or they're just too early. You, you, you see that one? It's so true because I know that I once sold early, you yes. know, very early. And, and, and I'm, I sold prematurely. So, and one thing, it's one of the things that I've realized to say there's no formula though as to when is it. At the perfect time to sell, you know? Exactly. And I sit on a couple of investment committees and 
if someone tells me they've got the code on how to value a startup, mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't seen it yet. But you've got to apply due diligence in terms of who's the entrepreneur behind the transaction. Mm. What's that person's business acumen? You know, you, you say you have the jockey and the horse. So the jockey, when it comes to buying a business, is very, very important. But is the jockey coming along with the business if you buy? Mm. And if not, can the business stand alone without them? And, you know, the history of the business or future projections and also trends um, is very, very important in this day and age. What's driving businesses from a trends perspective? Where are we going? Um, what are the newest technologies coming on board? But also what are the new markets that's been created? So those are things you need to look out for when you're looking to sell a business or buy a business because um, you never actually, you shouldn't use gut. That I can tell you. <laughs> so you really? shouldn't use gut, <laughs> not when you're selling. When money is involved, come now. You're speaking to but, someone that, working, yeah. that works in a bank, right? Yeah, but, 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 but you see, this is where the difference comes in. When you're speaking to entrepreneurs, I mean, then you, you Richard Branson was saying, no, you, you need to use a gut film. Then you come executives that are working and they said, no, you should never use a gut film. So what do you actually what about when you're selling your business? I okay. mean, there's money involved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some people, they say they're not serious people, but they're serious about money. Mm-hmm. And as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, uh, something as important as selling of your business, you can never just rely on your gut. I think gut plays a role mm-hmm. in terms of the direction you take. But yeah. when you make that financial decision, on whether to buy or to hold on, you've got to use proper due diligence, proper analysis of the situation, um, you know, do your research. And that's a mistake entrepreneurs make mm. because very often they say, well, I'm an entrepreneur. I can be cool about this. I mean, <laughs> look at where Richard Branson is right now, right? Mm. And I can guarantee you he surrounds himself with hundreds of people that are helping him to make business decisions yeah, and uh, because he's grown to that level. So now when, and sometimes you forget, like you forget the details, you know, even I'm at that age now where I forget some of the details conveniently, but if I really had to sit back and, and look at decisions I've made, I've never made decisions, important decisions based on just my gut. I've always evaluated the situation fully before I can make those decisions. So, um, and then tell me, do you think, I mean, um, there's a strong chance for positive growth of township entrepreneurs? I mean, through um, the work of uh, township entrepreneurs themselves? Of course. I think uh, township entrepreneurs um, that are successful, even some of the work you're doing, Bolalani, to bring other entrepreneurs up is absolutely critical because it sets an example. It changes the narrative. Mm. So township entrepreneurs that are making it are mm. great examples to other township entrepreneurs that want to aspire to that level. I think with government departments, DFIs, private sector getting behind driving township the township economy, mm-hmm. it's a very positive move. Okay. Even when you start looking at uh, municipalities that are now starting to engage in things like maker spaces that mm. create Areas where people can do things like injection molding and prototyping mm. and uh, I've, manufacturing. I've, I've, I've built a couple of those. Um, you know, like they're more like business hubs where yes. they they can even house entrepreneurs for a year, two years, and yeah, yeah, exactly. And it makes more. Um, Skills available to entrepreneurs that may be lacking with certain entrepreneurs in township areas, but it also makes the equipment available to entrepreneurs because where would an entrepreneur go to do um, an injection mold for a new product that he wants to launch? If we yeah, don't create true. those spaces mm-hmm. in the township, we know we engage with entrepreneurs that sometimes don't even have taxi fare to yeah. get any get to an event where we've created an opportunity for them to exhibit at. Mm. We've got to do wire transfers to entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. We do some very interesting things with our entrepreneurs. But these are real challenges. So Mm -hmm. if you can't uh, get entrepreneurs to you, you've got to take the skills and the capabilities to entrepreneurs where they actually need it and make that ecosystem work for them in the areas that they operate in. Mm. I mean, um, recently you, 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 you did an article, um, I mean, about um, startups should understand the complexity of dealing with large corporate. Um, you know, I mean, what, what maybe I think I've realized that it's a trick. 
um, for most businesses um, to deal with corporates. Um, and you find that some of the SMEs or startups generally fear corporate, knocking on those doors and, you know, seeking opportunities or even, you know. So, I mean, what would you say um, is their formula there in terms of dealing with corporate? So, firstly, understand that you are dealing with a corporate and with a corporate comes very complex systems and processes. Mm -hmm. So, understand that if you're going to trade with a corporate, make sure you have enough cash flow to cover your expenses because chances are it's going to take you a while to get paid, firstly. Secondly, understand all of the procurement processes that you're going to have to go through and ensure that all of your documentation is at the level at which a corporate will take you seriously. Far too many times we engage with entrepreneurs that say to us, oh, I can never get onto your platforms. I can never become a supplier. And then you start asking questions. And then you get to the detail. Well, actually, simple things like a tax clearance certificate is not up to date. Mm. Uh, Documentation Mm. in terms of financial history Mm. is not up to date. Mm. So if you're going to take your business seriously, make sure that the documents you need to submit to become a supplier for large corporates are up to standard and they're in line with the latest legislative requirements. So if you need an affidavit, make sure you have it. If Uh you need a BE certificate, make sure you have it. Um, And I think if you can do those tick boxes for yourself, when the opportunities arise from large corporates, you are then in a position to comply to those requirements and then be considered for the work that will come from large corporates. And Mm. branding is important. I mean, professionalism around your brand, an up-to-date website, not using things like a Gmail address, all of this is important. And and I don't think entrepreneurs see the urgency around this. And very often we get mails from a Yahoo address. I mean, you're going to think twice. Um, (laughs) You know, I mean, if you don't have the time and capacity or capability of even getting a proper website and a proper email address, can I take you seriously as a service provider? Is my reputation at risk here? So you've you've got to take those things seriously, and we often leave those things for the last minute and not realize that that will actually impact whether or not we get work. That's yeah. true. That's true, actually. Because I was telling a client of mine, very big client, they're still using Gmail. I couldn't believe it. Eh? <laughs> and you know what I did? I took the liberty. I told the guys at the office to just register a domain. They did that. And we've been trying to shove the email address down their throat for free because they, it's, it's a high stake. It's a high stake client. And I don't understand why they're using Gmail because that's a reputational thing, especially I think for, 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 for us upcoming entrepreneurs, you know, um, presenting our businesses in front of corporates because I think at the end of the day, it's all about the look and feel, the communication of the brand. That's the language that they understand the most and best. So I definitely agree with JSV there. Definitely. So, so, and these are the things that we, we, we overlook. Um, the most in terms of using your Gmail and using your Yahoo. No, definitely. Um, and so, but now, I mean, um, just right now, you find that most, um, SMEs that have tried to knock to corporate, um, there's a, there's a high b- a entry barrier, um, in terms of, um, you know, I know that it's one of the things that you struggle with as well. Um, in terms of getting um, to do business with corporate Because you find Half of the time you find Let's say with corporates they, they would have an agency or whatever That they've been working with For the longest time Like forever So for them to change And give a new entrance play, uh, An opportunity Or even to partner up Let's say the likes of Bulelan With an agency that is already existing To say uh, See through um, quality See through this and that You know And it's something that that we've realized That um, I don't know, corporates speak transformation or speak giving opportunities to SMEs, but I think there's certain opportunities that they, they feel this one is not, it's not a strategic, mm. um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> services that they would procure from an SME, but the more strategic services they would go to, to another big corporate, to another listed company, to another this and that. Um, do you think it's fair to SMEs though? No. <laughs> I like that answer. If it's a yes or no question, no, it's not fair to SMEs. 
And it's something that corporates have to start taking a lot more seriously. Mm-hmm. Because with triple BE and more and more rigor around triple BE reporting, enterprise development and supplier development, mm-hmm. there's more opportunities now that are available to SMEs that can deliver these services but have not been given the opportunity in the past. But how do we change that when you're part of a big organization and sometimes the business owner says, I want the supplier because I have a history with the supplier. Mm-hmm. So even from a transformation mm-hmm. perspective, those things become tricky. What we found works really well, though, is for the smaller businesses to start working with some of the bigger businesses to provide peripheral services mm. and almost become a tier two, tier three supplier, become known to the corporate client yeah. and create a history and a track record of credibility. We've just done that with one of our entrepreneurs that have come through one of our programs. So if you know in a Organization as big as ours, there's huge events that happen. And we tend to use the same type of event management companies as an example. But one of our entrepreneurs has come through the ranks. We've developed the entrepreneur. Um, They were part of the Branson Center of Entrepreneurship Program. They've worked with us. They've gone on a structured accelerator. They've got the credibility. And we started slowly uh, using them for small projects and small events and By building that up, we were able to introduce them to other departments in the bank. And then other departments in the bank started using them for activities. And now we're using them for a major conference that's happening next week, which is our second Lionesses of Africa conference. And this entrepreneur is doing the entire event for us. So there's ways of changing the mindsets, Mm. but... It shouldn't take as much effort at it as it is currently. We should just do this because it's the right thing to do. But build credibility, take the smaller jobs, work with other service providers until you can showcase your products and services. And then hopefully that changes over time. Yeah, I think, I think on my side, um, the barriers are there. But, you know, you do find the, you, you do find, you do find guys that have been around for a very long time. Because I mean, we we I'd say I'd say that we are now more into manufacturing. I mean, we manufacture the branding material, you know, in house. I mean, the wall banners to whatever. And one thing, one of the things that I've seen, it is it is not just, um, especially sublimation print, because we do that in house. So your digital screen print and all this stuff. But I've just recently bought a sublimation printer, and the guys who are in the space is predominantly. Um, white people or colored or Indian. It's rare to find black guys, but there has been some resistance that I've come across, you know, from competitors who are in the same space because, you know, we're going after the same clients now head on and we can charge at the same rate. But also from a larger corporate perspective to then say, hey, we are here, we can deliver. Sometimes they look at you like, no, let's go to who we know, you know? No, definitely. And, you know, to your point, Sometimes with um, some of the 51% black-owned service providers say, but we've got our ratings. The other guys need us more than we need them. Mm. But if you can actually show how you can help some of those organizations to unlock the potential in terms of servicing a client for a particular need. Remember, you can help them with their ED reporting and their triple BE reporting, Mm. which means they've got a better chance of landing the deal but using you and your services. And that's a way of making sure you are able to trade with that business as well. And it's about being known for what you do, right? So at the end of the day, do you market yourself just by you trying to get that deal or can you market yourself through another really big agency? And then once you've delivered, you've got evidence of that. You're building your portfolio and then you can position it to other big corporates. And I, and I, and I, and I like that. You know, and I think, I think I'd like to ask that after this. Yeah. So for me, I think, I mean, it's mainly touching on what you've just said. Hold on. I mean, what are some of the channels though that they could follow? Um, for entrepreneurs that want to procure services, I mean, from, from banks like you or any other big corporate. I mean, you've already st- stipulated what they need to prepare and get ready. Uh, but what are the, some of the channels? Is it, is it going there, knocking and introducing yourself? Is finding a gesture that works there? Can you please connect me with so and so? Or do I need, you know, to pay someone to, cause sometimes people do that. Eh? Yeah. Mm. 
I haven't received any brown envelopes for a while. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I haven't received any brown envelopes. No, so the, the way you want to address this is, um, and this is where I get to punt the incubator, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have to find the areas of the organization that's actually embracing entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs that really understand entrepreneurs. So it's mm. either through the innovation area or the incubation area or the acceleration area or uh, a business focus area. Whatever that area that exists within the large corporate, like in SAB's case, they've had SAB Kickstart, they've had the SAB Foundation, find that area that embraces working with entrepreneurs. Then leverage the opportunities in terms of access to market days. So anything from market days to showcase days to demo days, all of which we deliver. Uh, so for every entrepreneur we engage with, we make sure they're available to work with us on a demo day or a showcase day to actually showcase their products and services almost with a stamp of approval. Mm -hmm. And then we've even gone as far as to create a business marketplace platform that we have a POC running for where we now take entrepreneurs, put them on this platform, put them in front of our corporate clients as well as other entrepreneurs and put businesses in front of other businesses. So find those opportunities because then you have a stamp of approval that you have more credibility. We even profile the entrepreneurs on our BizConnect platform, which is Mm -hmm. a standard bank business platform. So we write their histories and their stories and their contact details and we put it on that platform. So it's better for Bulalani to send a standard Mm -hmm. bank link to a potential client to say, here's my link. When it goes there by virtue of association Mm -hmm. with Standard Mm -hmm. Bank, Ah, oh, let me engage with Balalani. Standard Banks is fit to engage with mm-hmm. him. So find those opportunities to really create credibility for the work you do. do. Yeah. So then, from I mean earlier on, you made mention of the fifty-one percent, and you made mention of the BE. Um, right now, I mean, we found that it's one of the, we've had one of the most heated up discussions last week here on the show um, around. I'm glad I missed it. <laughs> Around uh, companies, um, I mean, you find a lot of big corporates uh, are putting together. Um, they're getting good lawyers and good accountants to put up all these creative companies that are rather seeming like they are for BE, or they're putting up, um, you know, they are for transformation. Where else it's more of a tick box exercise. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's something that obviously, um, in this instance, that that is growing, um, and. That is actually out there in, in the market. So obviously I know that there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are offended by that and others have been obviously party to that, but don't necessarily voice out. And you realize that even with agencies, I mean, towards the, the, the year of verification and certificates and whatsoever, then you'd find some of the big corporates will just take money and put up to give it into agents and they see whatever that, that, that they do for it. I think personally, I think, um, the, the, the industry is not properly regulated. Um, so obviously you being in the uh, incubator space, uh, you obviously some of the objectives that I think you follow are driven or are derived from the BE, um, you know, initiatives or legislature. Perhaps what do you think, um, is a major shortfall for you as far as the codes is concerned and what do you think can be improved? So personally, I'll answer this from a personal perspective because I've been in the space for entrepreneurship for such a long time. Okay. I think that we need to move away from treating uh, triple BE as a tick box exercise. Mm. So we've got to move away from just focusing on what is the best benefit that we get from a reporting perspective okay. and move towards what is the best benefit we get from an economic transformation perspective. And the reason... I am stressing this is as an organization, we've seen firsthand that you need to really empower entrepreneurs with all of the tools and training and development. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, you've got to create access to market linkages for those entrepreneurs to make sure they're sustainable. And far too often what big corporates do, exactly what you've said, is they take some of their triple B spend and they put it into areas that will just give them the the recognition that they need in terms Mm. of, oh, we're developing entrepreneurs Mm. and we're giving Mm. money to this organization and we're doing this amazing initiative. Mm -hmm. But what happens to the entrepreneur after that development? What access to markets do they actually get? Mm. How are we helping them to commercialize their products and services? How are we helping them to stay sustainable? 
So what we have done, and I can only speak from what we have done, what mm-hmm. we have done is we've tried to ensure that every one of our programs mm-hmm. is sponsored by a corporate, not Standard Bank only, but a corporate client. And that corporate client actually influences the type of program we run. Mm-hmm. So the corporate will say to us, we have a challenge. We cannot find women in technology businesses. Okay. We then run a women in technology growth program. So at the end of the program, you plug those women in technology businesses to the corporate that asks for it. Mm-hmm. But guess what? There are 10 other corporates that also cannot find women in technology businesses. So we then have the opportunity to link those entrepreneurs with other corporates. So my my comment on this is if we really want to get it right and take it seriously, make sure that every one of your entrepreneurial development efforts are towards solving for a business challenge and the business needs to be at the end of that challenge. Almost make it purchase order driven. As opposed to, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this and I'm throw a whole lot of money in and I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So we measure things like jobs created, shift in turnover for mm-hmm. the actual business over a period of time. Because mm-hmm. those are the measures that we should actually be concerning ourselves with. Yeah. I mean, we've got 15 minutes before the show ends. Maybe can we discuss some of the opportunities that you're doing, um, that you guys are doing within the bank? Um, cause you've been referring to what we doing, what we doing. Uh, do you know what they're doing? You know, yeah, some of the things, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'd love to know more. Yeah, but the, I'm sure the listener doesn't know. Yeah. So can we educate people and tell them about some of the stuff that you do? Of course. Mm. I love talking about what we do. Um, so as a Standard Bank incubator, we run structured programs. We focus on different sectors and shapes of customers. Uh, at the moment, we're mainly focusing on youth. Township and women entrepreneurs And with that in mind We have regular boot camps For the youth We do that over a Friday, Saturday, Sunday Sometimes just on a Saturday and Sunday And we do that at our incubators Both in Rosebank as well as in Hatfield Where we have a Hatfield incubator On the first floor of the Hatfield branch It's the first of its kind Okay, I just know the Rosebank one When did that one arrive? Oh, that was last year already. We oh, launched, wow. uh, so it's been open since last year. Okay. We've had over 35 activations already in the Hatfield Incubator. Mm-hmm. The first accelerator for the Hatfield Incubator kicks off next week. I'll get you guys an invitation to the launch so yeah, you can please. actually experience the Hatfield Incubator. Mm-hmm. So that's the programs we run for youth. Uh, we also have structured development programs for the youth. I just mentioned the accelerator, which will be launching soon. I'll send you details. It's for the youth in manufacturing mining uh, spaces, uh, those that have products and services, and Tata will be working with us on that program. And then we have several programs for women. In fact, this year alone, we have over 100 women on structured programs. Uh, the one program is a woman in technology. The other is a high-growth program that's run by Tumi Frazier. We have a Lionesses of Africa Accelerator. And this is all about growing women entrepreneurs and uh, making sure that they are able to provide products and services to some of our corporate clients as well as introduce them to the bank. And on the township side, we are focusing on our first ever township accelerator which we're doing with um, Amafair Cakers, which is township-based entrepreneurial development company as well. And we're going to be doing that in Mamalodi. And some of the modules will even be offered in Hatfield. So we will uh, transport those entrepreneurs into Hatfield and we'll be offering content in Mamalodi as well. We want to test the Township Accelerator concept. Mm-hmm. It's not just about conferences. It's about how we take some of this content uh, to the townships as well. So that's at a very high level. As I mentioned, some of our partners include the likes of General Electric. We've just done an accelerator with Mampac. Uh, Liberty has outsourced their Blue Skies program to us in terms of entrepreneurship development. So we make sure that we do not start a program Unless we have a corporate that's willing to engage with the entrepreneur at the end of that program. Oh, nice. So you're running a big campaign right now on What's Your Next. Yes. Um, tell us more about that. So What's Your Next is all about helping individuals get to their next. Startups, what's your next? Mm. Individuals, what's your next? Professional, what's your next? 
And that's what uh, the campaign is all about. It's about helping individuals get to the next stage of whatever it is they want to achieve from a life perspective. So mm-hmm. even students and the youth telling us what is their next and where do they need to be. Hmm. Bulan, what is your next? <laughs> I'm so enamored. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Hey? Like, it's such a beautiful chat. <laughs> but I think, no, nah, man, I think, I think my next is, um, my, well, my next big next is 18 November. You know, 3,500 entrepreneurs in the township global entrepreneurship week. Oh, yes. Yeah, wow. that's, that's, that's my hunger. Don't ask me how, when, <laughs> what yeah. is going to happen. Um, my next is the next set of machinery we need to buy. So in bigger office space, man, mm. ugh, entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah, and impacting a lot of lives because I love the idea of inspiring people and helping them live out their dreams, their passions. And I think growing my dreams and, you know, shifting and changing the narrative um, of my family, you know, mm-hmm. um, the poverty narrative or the distraught narrative within my community as well. Because I think that, I mean, in the next five years, I would love to see more corporations in the township that are not external corporation coming in, but corporations that are just built in the township that are owned by township people for that economy. I'm so passionate about that mm. because I feel like the next garage, the next Cecil must not be a Cecil in the township owned by Debuho, but it must be a Debuho Petroleum yeah. in the township. You know, yeah. That's just my hunger and feel. To see those ideas come to life, our own cars, our own houses, our own bricks, our own whatever, man, our own mics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And Asha, what's your next? Sure, I don't know whether I should be sharing that on air. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so my next next is the Lionesses of Africa conference that's happening next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just around the corner. Over 300 individuals are expected to attend from all over Africa. Women. Nice. Sorry, guys. Can't be there. <laughs> but uh, so that's my immediate next. And I think uh, further along the line, very similar to yours, nice. is uh, my my ambition in life is always to live a purpose-driven life mm-hmm. and to leave this world a better place than I found it for my kids and for their kids. So I just want to try and empower as many entrepreneurs as we can and change the narrative of our country. I know entrepreneurs can do it. I have every faith in them. So it's my role to just help them get there. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. What is your next? Oh, <laughs> I thought I was the interviewer. <laughs> um, I, th- I think for me, what, what my next currently is, um, I've just, I've just started a development, um, called Gassi Eben Lifestyle. We're all about bringing lifestyle and improving lifestyle into the township. Um, cause there's all these millions, Joshua, that are rotating in the township as far as lifestyle is concerned. Um, you know, so we're doing this life, uh, this lifestyle development where we're starting with the residential, um, units, uh, where, you know, we're bringing up plus living in the township. And we're going to be the, the next project of that, um, it's lifestyle workspaces, um, in the township, you know, where we're looking at accommodating entrepreneurs, um, that are doing amazing stuff that are in the manufacturing space that are looking, that are doing, you know, um, that, that are into products that are into, you know, a couple of stuff. So to really try and link those up, uh, those entrepreneurs, I mean, with corporates, um, you know, to actually be in a position because some of these businesses you find that in the township, there's a lot of amazing businesses, but the only thing that they need is market access. You know, being able, you know, being, um, that driver that is able to bring access to them, you know, that normally a business that wouldn't service, um, let's say the likes of Standard Bank, but you, you bring in that opportunity, um, with them. So I think for me, it definitely is my next. And, um, more than anything, uh, visiting some of, um, you know, the semi rural areas, um, with, uh, with your step up to a campaign, um, you know, really, um, seeing the entrepreneurs that, that, um, and the young people that are transforming lives. I think for me, um, it has been humbling. Um, I mean, in the last two weeks, um, in fact, seeing some of the changes in their faces um, and how they received to say, they remind me because I started entrepreneurship in high school. 
Um, so for me to actually see that their life actually transformed to say, you know what, um, I've started a business because of what you said. Now we're able to eat at home, you know, I've started this because of now, you know. So you realize to say with some of us now, we're at the point where we're running businesses because we're helping people keep their jobs and do all of these things. But with some of the people on the very bottom, it's for them to able to provide the service, ba- basic needs in terms of providing food for their families and doing all of these things. I think for me, um, it is very priceless. So having the opportunity, I think, um, obviously it's one thing that, um, I must thank you guys to actually do it now in a bigger number, you know, in magnitude, in masses. I think for me, um, it is priceless. It's one thing that I think makes me sleep better at night. Um, knowing that, you know, what someone's life is changing, uh, cause of you, cause of your story and the impact that you're having in their lives. So I think for me, uh, it's definitely one of the things that uh, that I'm looking um, forward to as my next. Um, so it's something that obviously I think in each and every one of us, to those as well that are listening, um, to say we've got it um, inside of us uh, to actually be a change um, that we want to see um, in the world. And uh, we might as well obviously have different opportunities. And uh, some might not have an opportunity to go to school and actually further their education and entrepreneurship uh, might be actually that answer uh, to their dreams, that answer um, to their goal. It's something that obviously we cannot really overlook um, or even take for granted. I think that's why I respect people like you that I know for many years that have been doing this and really transforming lives. And definitely, Budalani, you know, we do this on a month to base where we get into township. We really try to change the narrative um, of entrepreneurship. I'm really praying and hoping for a better South Africa that, you know, it gets to a point that really, really cooperates. They do this because they want to make a difference other than, um, a compliance exercise or a tick box, um, exercise for them. So I think obviously, uh, we're living in a country that we, you know, Aluta continues, the struggle continues, and I really have hope, um, that we'll definitely get there, uh, one, one way or the other. Yeah, definitely. But um, I love Jeffrey, so <laughs> what can I say? I'm so, um, yeah, that's, that's just me. I love the work she does. Yeah, um, no, no, and no. There's a lot of people I've come across who have been impacted by not just the works that she does mm. and not just the work that Standard Bank does, but the individual, Yeah, which then tells you because a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we go to places and we go to places. There's a lot of business incubators out there. Most of them have interacted, uh, have interacted with places where people go for human capital development or mm-hmm. entrepreneurship development. But you find that the people who are at the helm um, have no understanding of what's going on apart from a strategy document that they need to execute. But when you see, when you see or rather hear of people saying, you know, there's genuine care. That is, that is something big because, you know, I think the journey of entrepreneurship is one where I often tell people that you could be sitting in a room, 500 people in a room of 500 family members, but no one will truly understand the struggle. But when you have someone who's going through the extent of understanding, that, that that's big. So Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. No, but thanks a lot, Jeshri, for, for the work that you do. And thank you for joining us uh, today on the show. Please, next time, know that this is home. Uh, whenever you've got an opportunity for entrepreneurs, bring it on. And let's amplify it for you. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thanks well, thank so much you. for having me. Thank Thanks you. for the kind words. I really appreciate it. Your listeners can't see, but I'm blushing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, thank you so much. I look forward to coming back and sharing more stories. Maybe next time I'll bring an entrepreneur. With you. Yeah, no, definitely. I think let's have one or two of them, and uh, let's let's let them hear. Let us hear and amplify their story. So, for people that want to get hold of the incubator, when can they get hold? of so easy enough, just send us an email to incubator at standardbank.co.za and follow us on social media, Twitter hashtag SB, that's for Standard Bank, SB Incubator. And you can always follow me on at Jay Schneider as well. Mm, okay. In closing? um, Just go out there and get things done. No, definitely. Uh, catch us again next time for another exciting installment of 360 Bears. My name is Deborah Homafori and Bulalani Balabala. We out. This is cliffcentral.com.